Fatima respond to the Blessed Mother as the three children did. Dear family, today let us turn our attention to Fatima, to our Blessed Mother, since tomorrow the Holy Father is going to consecrate Russia, Ukraine, and the world to her Immaculate Heart, and we want to unite ourselves with the Holy Father. And the importance of this is beyond our imagination, because it's an act of confidence, of trust in the Blessed Mother, who alone, through her intervention with her Son, can save us and the world from utter destruction, which is the fruit of sin, utter destruction. And she asked for this consecration the 13th of July in 1917 in Fatima. And then again to Lucia in 1929 when she was a sister in the convent in Tui in Spain. This battle that we're living can only be won by the power of God. Just like we saw in the Old Testament, we saw Jeremiah and we saw Isaiah calling the king to trust in the Lord, calling the people to trust in the Lord, but they were always trying to rely on military powers. The same problem is happening today. We need to learn to trust in the Lord and allow the power of God to save us. Otherwise, we fall into the temptation of just looking at Fatima out of curiosity because of the secrets or debating whether the past consecrations were valid or not, whether whether they were done correctly or not, whether this one is going to be done correctly or not. And that is a distraction because it's not what God has given us to do. Our part is to unite ourselves, to consecrate ourselves. The consecration, the Blessed Mother asked the Pope, not to us, to do it. Why him? Because he is the universal shepherd, the shepherd of the whole church. And the world is entrusted to to him. And so he's the one doing the consecration. And we just trust in God instead of speculating. Now, think of the importance of this. Because already in the 20th century, we had the First World War. Then the Blessed Mother warned that if we did not repent, a worse one will come. And that was the Second World War. And my dear family, we're now in great danger of a third world war. And that would be really such a destruction of the world that it will never be like we've known in up to now. So the Blessed Mother is asking us to trust, to join ourselves with the Holy Father and to renew our own consecration, which was done in baptism 
And that's our part of the deal, our part of the responsibility. Now, John Paul II, the 25th of March of 1984, already did the consecration. But there was a lot of controversy. Was it valid? Was it not valid? But Lucia Fatima, she said that indeed the consecration satisfied the petition of Our Lady. So who are we to doubt if a holy canonized Pope did it? If Lucia says that the Blessed Mother received it and it was as she wanted, let us trust that is true. In fact, also, the the miracles that happened after that consecration, because in 1989, the Berlin Wall came down. Nobody imagined that that was possible. Yes, after it happened, you had all these experts giving all this reasons, political reasons, and no credit to God, no credit to our Blessed Mother. Only those who have faith can see deeper and realize what really happened in 1989. Then the whole Soviet Union began to unravel country by country until in 1991, the Soviet Union was dissolved. And do you remember the date? It was the 8th of December, the feast, the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. What a wondrous sign, confirmation, that this was done through the intercession of the Blessed Mother. And, in, and then, in the year 2000, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith said, and I quote, the power of this consecration, referring to the one of the Holy Father John Paul II in 1984, lasts forever, and it is for all individuals, for all peoples, for all nations, and it overcomes all evil that the spirit of darkness is capable of awakening and in fact has awakened in our time and in the hearts of men and history. So then there is a question, if it is so powerful and it is for all times, why is it that there is so much darkness and evil going on today? Well, Lucia also said in 1929, they did not want to pay attention to my request. Like the king of France, they will be sorry, but it will be too late. Russia will already have spread its errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. And also, Pope John Paul II, before he was elected Pope, 
when he came to visit the United States, he said that we're in the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church. And so he also said that we can mitigate what is coming, but it's too late now to stop it. But we can mitigate it, and that's very important. And so the errors of Russia have already spread, and that's the problem. Now we have this ideologies that are evil spread throughout the world. And remember, it's not just communism. The Blessed Mother is referring also to all the ideologies that are rebellious against God. And we see this in the United States, in Europe, in Australia. Um, not only abortion, which is the killing of the innocent in the womb of their mothers, but now the ways that children are being perverted in schools through all this uh, sexualization and on and on. Okay, so the West has become so perverted, so much in rebellion against God. So the, the errors have already spread. Even the more reason that the Blessed Mother is begging us to be responsive to her and unite in her because the battle now is so great and she needs our participation. Okay, so the point I'm trying to make is this is not about just the Pope consecrating Russia and Ukraine. This is about a battle that we all need to enter. So consecration to, of Russia is very important, but it's not enough. The Blessed Mother also wants us to consecrate ourselves, which is the essence of the Christian vocation. Okay? Jesus Christ died to save us, but it's necessary that we also, who are the body of Christ, enter into combat and embrace the cross. That is why St. Paul said to the Colossians, chapter 1, verse 24, Now I am glad to suffer for you, because in this way I am completing in my own body what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. Now Christ is the perfect head. He did everything perfect, but his body is lacking in the perfect offering. So I'm part of the body. I have to also participate. Now, it's very important to understand this. God not only gives us messages, he also gives us witnesses. And the witnesses illustrate the message. And so we can't just go to the message. We have to be attentive to the witness. For example, Jesus not only spoke in the New Testament, what we hear, what we read, but he himself witnesses to what he taught. Okay? So if you want to understand the Beatitudes, for example, you need to 
contemplate the life of Jesus. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor, and so on. It's Jesus. He is the meek one. He is the one who is completely given to the Father, and so on. So, by contemplating Jesus, we understand the Word of God, because He is the living Word. The same thing happened with um, Jesus giving St. Faustina the teaching about divine mercy. Not only we have the words of Jesus, but we have St. Faustina who lived them out in such a heroic way that we can understand what Jesus is telling us because otherwise we run the danger of accommodating the message according to our own idea of what is plausible, you know, according to our own culture, our own logic. But when we contemplate St. Faustina, then we realize the depth of this trust in a supernatural level because there is supernatural work of grace in St. Faustina's life, okay? Well, the very same thing is with the messages in Fatima. Our Lady did not just give us a message. She gave us three witnesses, the three little shepherds. And notice, they were little children. Jacinta Marto was barely seven years old. Francisco was nine. And Lucia, whom we say she was the older one, she was ten. And Mary entrusted them not only the messages, but the living of the messages, so that all of us, by looking at them, can understand how to live them. And so it's of primary importance to understand Fatima to see what those children lived. And do you know how they were persecuted? They were kidnapped. They were threatened by the secular authorities to be thrown into a boiling oil if they did not give up the secrets of the Blessed Mother. They were terrified and yet they held fast in faith. But not only that, they suffer terribly the gossip of people, the constant uh, people asking them questions, trying to cross-examine them. Uh, even the lack of understanding from their own parents and how these children live all that is totally amazing. Then, two of them, Francisco and Jacinta, died only a couple years later. And how they lived their illness and the great suffering they went through is a testimony of what is the way to live the messages. So, let us go real quick to some of them so that we can learn with the help of Francisco and Jacinta and Lucia. In the first apparition in 
May 13, 1917, you know, the children asked the Blessed Mother about a young girl that was about 18 years old. Her name was Amelia, who had died. Had she gone to heaven? And the Blessed Mother said, she will be in purgatory until the end of the world. Now the children were really profoundly impressed. This young teenager in purgatory. Today we don't like to talk about purgatory, much less about hell. But the Blessed Mother does, because she wants us to know the seriousness of our time on earth and the great impact and results that come from our decisions. So then the Blessed Mother told them, Do you want to offer yourselves to God and bear all the sufferings that He may send you as reparation for the sins with which He is offended? and to supplicate for the conversion of sinners? And all of them said, Yes, we want to. And in this moment, you see, they are offering themselves as victim souls. And that is what Fatima is all about. It doesn't make any sense to talk about Fatima if you and I are not willing to say with the shepherds, Yes, we want to. We want to bear the sufferings in union with Jesus for the salvation of the world. My dear family, this is normal Christianity. This is what Jesus told us. If you want to follow me, you have to take your cross. Follow me. Deny yourself. Take the cross. Follow me. That's what Mary is saying. We have forgotten about this. Love so much that you're not afraid of going forward with your cross, with Jesus. Also notice that this question of Mary is a commitment of love. It's what a couple does in marriage. Are you willing to marry me in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health forever? And by saying yes, there's a powerful grace that comes. The sacrament takes place. The two become one forever to share, to participate all things in the journey to heaven. Well, Mary is inviting us to marry Jesus through her. That's what she came for. Are you willing to join Jesus in this great battle for the salvation of the world? even unto suffering as much as necessary. And depending on how we respond, we're living Fatima or we're not. And then the Blessed Mother tells them, you will have to suffer much, but the grace of God will strengthen you. In other words, the invitation for this marriage with Jesus is impossible for us. We don't have the strength. And sometimes we bulk back because we think we can't do it. 
That's lack of trust because he wants to give us the strength if we only ask for it. So you say, Lord, I don't understand. I'm afraid. I'm weak. But you are strong and you are going to be with me. So I just say yes and I trust in you. And so that's what they did. You know, so many don't do it because they're afraid. And that's why John Paul II always told us, don't be afraid. God will strengthen you. Okay? So, after the children give their fiat, then comes this amazing moment of grace. Now listen. After the Blessed Mother told them these words, she opened her hands for the first time and communicated a light that was so intense and it seemed to flow from her hands and it penetrated into the most intimate of their hearts, making them see themselves in God. See themselves in God more clearly clearly than if they were looking at themselves in a mirror. This, dear family, is self-knowledge. They saw themselves without all the masks, all the false images that we have about ourselves, with all their mystery, their littleness, and yet in God. That means in communion, in union with God, God showing them who they are, the mission that they have, the purpose of their lives, and they fully embrace it. They fully embrace this great mission given given by the Blessed Mother. And so, they respond to this special grace. How? It tells us in the, in the narration of Lucia that they then had an interior impulse that was communicated through the Blessed Mother and they fell on their knees repeating humbly, Blessed Trinity, I adore you. My God, my God, I love you in the Blessed Sacrament. This reminds us of the messages of the angel that prepared them for this encounter with Mary. Because those encounters with the angel, he brought them the Eucharist and he taught them to pray in this way, adoring God, adoring the Blessed Sacrament. So you see, right at the center from the beginning of the message of Fatima is a turning from sin to the Eucharist. Okay, so it's not just a consecration of Russia. It is this radical change of life, this living in a Eucharistic life, a intimacy with Christ in the Eucharist, a total giving ourselves, willing to suffer all with Jesus. That's our part of the mission. And they did it. They entered 
into this union with God, again I say, this should be normal Christianity. And not only one day, one special retreat. No, this is going to be their life. Immediately after the, this moment of adoration, the Blessed Mother said, Pray the rosary every day to bring about peace in the world and the end of wars. And so in this way, the Blessed Mother teaches them, this is not just one day of the apparition. From now on, every day, you're going to do this. You're going to pray the rosary and you're going to turn to the Lord. And they did. And so already we have the Eucharist at the center, the praying of the rosary every day as a way to end the wars. Okay? So, yes, the consecration of Russia has been done. And thanks be to God that Pope Francis is going to, again, do this consecration at this moment that is so in, so crucial that we're living. But you and I, are we turning to the Eucharist? Look what has happened for the last two years in the pandemic. For the first time in history, most of Catholics were not able to receive the Eucharist. And this is very, very serious. Okay? So, 13th of July, the two first secrets were given to the children. Now, the first one, the Blessed Mother says, Sacrifice yourselves for the sinners. Say many times, especially when you do a sacrifice, Oh, Jesus is for love of you, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Upon saying this last words, she again opened her hands like the first apparition and they saw this reflection that entered into the earth and they saw an ocean of fire. And the Blessed Mother showed the children in a mystical way hell with all its horror the story tells us that had she not told them that they were going to heaven, they would have died of, of panic, of fear. Now, mind you, these are little children, seven years old, the youngest. Lucia, the oldest, ten years old. And the Blessed Mother is showing them hell. Now we don't like to talk about these things. And so we have a little understanding of the gravity of our life and its purpose. So, the Blessed Mother in this so-called secret is pointing to a problem, and that is lack of consciousness of sin. And she tells us 
what is the danger? Hell. Lack of consciousness of sin leads to hell. And she tells us what to do about it. Sacrifice yourselves for sinners. Do everything for love of Jesus and say it. Jesus, for love of you, I do this. And third, devotion to her immaculate heart. That means precisely to want to be like her. Devotion is not just something sentimental. Oh, yes, you know, I love you, blessed mother, you know, your immaculate heart. And sometimes what we're just thinking about is protect me, protect me. But what she wants is that we join her in this battle by offering ourselves as she did, as she told the shepherds to do, offering our lives for the salvation of sinners. And these children saw hell, and so they saw the consequences of sin, and they were doing all kinds of sacrifices to the point that the Blessed Mother had to intervene and say, you know, that that cord that you're using around your waist, don't sleep with it on. In other words, the Blessed Mother had to mitigate their sacrifices because they were fasting severely. They were receiving all kinds of offenses and receiving them with such great love for the salvation of sinners. And the Blessed Mother is saying, look at them and have them as an example. And now we're going to go to the second part of the secrets. She said, the war, referring to the First World War, will end soon. But if you do not stop offending God, one much worse will come. And then she says, when you see this light, and it was like, uh, when it really happened, it, it was like a aurora borealis that they, the people in Europe were able to see. And that was a sign that the Mary gave them that the Lord God was going to punish the world for its crimes through war, hunger, and the persecution of the church. And she asked for Holy Communion on the first Saturdays as reparation. And then she says, If you attend to my desires, Russia will convert and there will be peace. If not, her errors will spread through the world and therefore bringing about wars and persecution of the church. And the good will be martyred and the Holy Father will have much to suffer and several nations will be annihilated. But at the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. And the Holy Father will consecrate Russia and it will convert. And there will be a time of peace. Now, this is interesting because Russia is mostly, by the great majority of Russians, are Orthodox Christians, not Catholic. And so 
they do not recognize the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. And the Blessed Mother is telling us that they will recognize her. So um, they are very Marian, but they don't know the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. So it seems to indicate that this is going to be such a profound transformation that they there will be the unity of the Orthodox and the Catholics. Because my friends, at the root of all the problems that we're having is that we as Christians are not fully living our faith, and we are all divided. And so the Blessed Mother wants to bring about unity again. So what are the problems that Mary is pointing to in the second part of uh, the, the second secret? Well, the problem is we are offending God. So she says, if you don't stop offending God... So notice that the offenses were already happening before Russia became communist. When Mary was speaking, uh, Russia, the Bolshevik Revolution had not yet happened. It happened the same year, but later on. So the problems of the world, the root of it is not communism, is sin, and sin begets Communism is just like we see in the Old Testament when the Jewish people were being attacked by the Babylonian Empire and Ezekiel and um, Isaiah warned them, turn back to God. And because they didn't, then disaster came. And so the, the root of problems is sin and sin begets these ideologies that are so pernicious that then spread sin even more. And so the problem is we offend God. And uh, we were offending God even before communism happened. That's why we have communism, because God was already being offended and there were so many crimes, as Mary says. And what is the danger? When she spoke, it was Second World War, but now the Third World War, which, is, which would be the end of the world as we know it today. And what is it that we are supposed to do? How do we respond? She says, consecration of Russia. That's the Pope's, the Pope's responsibility, right? But for all of us, it is to stop offending God and doing, uh, going to Holy Communion and reparation. Of course, it's not just a few Saturdays. If you understand, then you'll be like the little shepherds who wanted to go to the Eucharist every day and adore the Lord. That's how they responded. How are you and I responding? What have we done? Are we praying the rosary every day? Do we do it as a family? as much as we can. You know, it's interesting that, um, as you know, abortion is going rampant. The uh, gender theories, we don't even know what a man is and a woman is anymore in this crazy uh, culture. We've seen the destruction of marriages and families. And as all this is going on, 
you know, the war in Ukraine is ravaging this country and over a million refugees already have come out of uh, Ukraine and so many thousands have died. And what is the concern of the European Union? They're penalizing Poland at this very time when Poland is receiving all these refugees because Poland doesn't accept abortion, doesn't accept these theories of gender, doesn't want to accept all this corruption from the West, and Poland is being penalized. How crazy is that? And so the problem is not just Russia. As the Archbishop of Krakow just said recently, the problem is that in the face of this evil, the West has lost its Christian identity and purpose. And so, let's finish with this. I encourage you to ponder the responsibility that God has given us, the example of the little three shepherds. And then I encourage you to, to go to, the, um, to our website, lovecrucified.com and you can download the book on the simple path to union with God and there um, you will learn more how to live this way of the little shepherds uh, because the whole path is really about how to be a victim soul in union with Christ and how to go deep into this and there also you will find uh, an explanation of the third secret of Fatima. By the way, there was so much speculation about it, and then when it actually was released, there was a loss of interest because people were just curious. And the message was really that we're going with the Holy Father, with the bishops, with the priest, to the summit, which is the cross, and joining Jesus as a sacrifice of love, pouring out our blood, whether as martyrs shedding blood or martyrs of the heart either way but we offer ourselves as one with Christ for the salvation of the world may God bless you may this grace of Fatima enlighten us to be Christians as we're supposed to be you know the holy the rather um, Benedict 16 before he was a pope he was the prefect of the, doc, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, and he said what we learn in Fatima is what we should already have known by reading the Gospels, the seriousness of life, where we're heading, the importance of total giving ourselves to the Lord. May the Lord bless you. May our Blessed Mother help us with her grace to live our life consecrated to her. Amen. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.